Knuckleball's the best, number one. It's the GOAT of sports apps. Talk about the greatest of all time. Big Joe's the greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. We know it. <laughs> I, I'm going to say right. I'm the Djokovic of this scenario. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Download the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball. Tommy Walsh, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, Jar. The dust has settled. How are you feeling about it now? Uh, it's tough now. It's one of the toughest defeats we've got, I'd say, Jar. Um, so disappointed. Like normally you dust yourselves down and and you look forward to the following year, but definitely finding this one a bit harder to get over. Um, you know, you why like every all earned is important. But I suppose, you know, like I always shout for the underdog, whether it's Kenny or whoever it is, like that you're I'm, uh, I'm an underdog man, you know. And um just seeing the lads like, you know, they're after losing the last couple of all Irelands, I suppose a hurl with, you know, seven or eight of them ten years ago and um know exactly what they put into it. Like, you know, talk about role models for your county or for young lads. I have young lads now going up and training young lads and they're the guys we want them to look up to and you couldn't pick better role models. And that's from being in with them 10 years ago. And I know they've probably gone on to huge lengths since then. Like, the game has gone on so much from training two or three times, well, three times a week, we'll say. And maybe throw in a gym session every maybe 10 days. Now, like, they're training six, seven days a week. Like, a recovery session now is nearly 1,000 metre sprints. And um, so just seeing what they put into it and just seeing walking off the field after the disappointment of an all and loss there was heartbreaking enough like you know so but listen all congratulations to Limerick they were met by a team that is just absolutely outstanding yeah I, I think maybe one of the reasons why it's harder to take is that there's not much else that you can point to that Kilkenny could have done maybe maybe a free here or maybe a better shot selection but like they played about as well as they could do they were feverish and tigerish in that first half and it's, it just wasn't enough yeah, it wasn't enough. And, um, like, you know, I probably could easily go along and went along with that argument that you said for, you know, for a little, for a minute or two. But when you think back on it, like, though, games do change on so many moments. Like, and you only have to rewind back to the Allard semi final, the Camogie one in Nolan Park there at the weekend, Tipperary and Watford. Like, it was 1 8 to 3 points. And it looked like, you know, an All Ireland winning team versus a team that isn't a contender at that stage. And suddenly a few things changed for Watford and suddenly they looked brilliant. So, you know, I'd probably just a team, any team that gets an All-Ireland final should be good enough to win it. And I believe in that to any team. I believe they have the, the, the forwards, they have the, they have the team and they have the subs coming on. We said talked about their subs all year. Just a few different instances on the day just could have changed. You know, like regards the 65 um, that wasn't the... The three or four goal chances that we had, like David Reedy's who got on Omar, or on Alan Murphy, I thought was you know it looked ordinary, but that was an amazing hook because uh, he had so much ground. He's really hitting a beautiful kind of a messy type of a, a ball over the top and um, straight into into the Kenny Forrest hand, and Alan Murphy then nearly had a great goal chance. He had you know he had the uh, Mossy slip, he had the. Uh, the half chance of a pull there in the second half where it went into Nicky Craig in the end. He had the goal chance in the first half. And we did have a lot of points as well, Ger, that we normally would shoot over the bar. And like we have to rewind with 60 minutes gone. I'd say it was around 60, I might know, 59 minutes. There was only two, three points in it. Like a score, say if you had to go a few scores before that, suddenly you're two points up. 
it's squeaky bum time then. So I know, I think the last 10 minutes probably, you know, painted a different picture of the whole entire game. And uh, it's just, I suppose it is Limerick's ability to score three or four quick points. That's probably what stands them out from the rest. Like if you go through their team, especially say from midfield up, you couldn't say anyone was unbelievable. Like, you know, or regards, Peter Casey scored five great points, scored two off, two or three, you know, off different lads. Didn't score them all off the one fella. And um, I just think he got lovely ball time, hard to defend it. But other than, we'll say, Peter scoring the five points, everyone else was only chipping in with two each. I think I had it down for six Six of the Limerick players scored two each. And, um, you know, like, if say if you take Peter Casey, the second half performance out of it, was it clear who was the man of the match? You know, normally you would in such a such a victory. But, um, no, I don't think they were that far away when you go back on it. But the scoreline, obviously, they were. Tommy, uh, I think it was Van Larkin and Joe Hennessy saying to me last week, it's one thing walking around Kilkenny as a Kilkenny hurler, but walking around Kilkenny as a All-Ireland winning Kilkenny hurler is what they all dream of. Like, this is going to enter now a ninth year next year since Kilkenny won. Aside from those seven or eight players that you, you said you played with that maybe have won Liam McCarthy at some point, like, most of this Kilkenny team have never experienced winning a, a senior All-Ireland. So I think the last kind of half gap for Kilkenny was maybe 93 to 2000. You know, the, the rest of the time there hasn't really been much of a gap at all. So, does the pressure rack it up now year on year until this particular team wins one? Um, I don't... Uh, listen, when you get to the final, it obviously will because of the last couple of finals. But I don't think, you know, to, to win an All-Ireland Championship for Kilkenny, that, I don't think the time frame is really bothering anyone. It's not mm. bothering me anyway. Um, because, you know, this is a great Limerick team at the moment. Um, I just think they have to look forward. When you're young, listen, you're always hopeful and hope is what you, everyone needs. And like there'll be new players coming in from the Kenyan 20s. There'll be new players coming in all the time that'll have to be tried and tested. Like we've seen the Cork team that won the All Ireland in 99, full of young fellas against the Heads, and Kenny team in 82 against Cork. Like young fellas win All Ireland's all the time. And um, that's what you'll be hoping for. But listen, they go back and now is probably not the time, Shane, to be even thinking about that. It's too far away. What they'll be thinking about is now get back probably this week, you know, probably a week or two off, back into the club action then. And it's amazing how January comes around quick and you forget it all and on you go again. Yeah, so you're you're actually there is hope then for that uh, team that it's less to spare. Before we move on, I do want to just talk about Canark because the lads in the Hurling Pod were asking, you know, he's he's still only in his late thirties, uh, mid thirties. If you're um, uh, nitpicking here, it's an incredible achievement to reach the point of this stage of his career where everybody now universally acknowledges him as one of the greatest coaches in the history of the game yeah um, absolutely like um, like if you think back I suppose just looking at interviews and listening to guys and you were talking to a few of them Joe Hennessy and Eddie Caron that changed the other day like Father Tommy Marr well we don't know the extent of, of the difference in his coaching by their recollections of that time it seemed to be something you know, similar in that he started coaching players and analysing and showing them how to perform and uh, the skills and the acts of hurling. Um, then if you go on, just trying to think off the top of my head, like Eamon O'Shea for Tipperary was different. You know, he brought that difference in movement like that. When Eamon O'Shea came with that Tipperary team, um, like the belief and the traditionalists and everyone that was involved in hurling at the time was all about winning your own ball. And that if you kind of ran away from your man, you were kind of afraid of him. Towards when Eamon O'Shea came along, he changed all that and that movement was key. So you saw the likes of Lark Corbett, Owen Kelly, young Noel McGrath, probably 19 years of age, Jamie Callanan, 
their games went to new levels, probably under Raymond O'Shea, that mightn't have had under the old regime of hitting down the ball and winning your own ball. Um, Carf, I don't know, was it Newtown Chandrum? Or, or it was, wasn't Carfton. it? Wasn't it ben and, ben and Jerry's da? Yeah, I think it was that time. Like the running game again was not a thing, like it was kind of frowned upon. But like winning then makes everything right. And that Newtown Chandrum and Cork team after that had huge success uh, with the running game. And um, it probably boils down to using the coaching methods that suit your team, maybe. And, you know, dogging it out really against the public and not being swayed, which leads us on to. Kinnerk, um, not sure if I left out anyone there along the way, but they were off top. So Kinnerk, amazing man. Like, um, you know, I, I was speaking to someone down around there last winter, and they said even away from coaching, this man is a bit of a genius. So I'm not sure how true that is, but you're listening, it probably is. Um, regards, the, you know, his, his success, like he's had huge success in with Clare under twenty ones, and um, like I think even the minors that time. He had success with the minors, Munster, but I don't think they won the All Ireland that year. And came back though, and then was so successful with that Clare Under Twenty One team. Um, went on to the Clare Senior team then, and won with Davy Fitz back in 2013. Again, different methods. Again, you'd have to say went against Eddie. Went with sweepers. By nearly sure not All Ireland then they pushed up and nearly went the old traditional way, changed it totally up. And then fast forward on then to this current Limerick team, sure his, his success is off the wall, but. His humility, I suppose, is and his ability to stay out of the limelight is is very intriguing too. Like you'd love to know that bit more about him, but yeah, um, yeah it probably boils down a lot too, Shane to uh, and Jared to he's a teacher by trade and profession, and like if you go back to all the great managers, coaches of in the GA and, and hurling, like teachers have had a huge role, and I would say myself like like. The skills and the, 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 the tactics now, that's one side of it. But just getting the players to believe, getting the players to buy into everything, like that is huge because you're dealing with so many different personalities. And as we've seen with that Limerick, they have huge personalities, but they're able to manage them, Kanurka and, and Kylie. But te- the, these teachers, you see, they spend four years or three years up in St. Pat's or whatever, learning how to deal with different personalities as such. And... um it's probably a trade. Like you go off to be a block layer, you do a trade for four years. You go off to be a carpenter, electrician, you do a trade for four years, learning the different uh, not the bits and nuggets. And I think teachers have a huge advantage in that, in that they're learning how to deal with, we'll say, Jerry Gilroy versus Shane versus Joe Malai. You know, it's has to be huge because you're a big personality there. You take plenty of management. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that, Tommy. <laughs> Come here, you've picked a 15 for us for um, for the season. So this is your All-Stars team. Um, yeah. Who who are the certainties? Yeah, so the certainties, um, I'll skip through to the full back lane. Two in the full back lane that I had is Mikey Butler and Hugh Lawler. So Hugh, Mikey Butler, right corner back number two. I just think, again, he's second year on the Kenny team. He had such an outstanding year last year. Got young hurler of the year, got All-Star. You wonder, like, is he going to have second year-itis? But he didn't. He still marked the best of the best. Was brilliant all tr- through. Even in the other final, um, he was super. Um, so Mikey Butler is right corner back. Hugh Lawler, I think, is Kenny's player of the probably the last couple of years. He's an outstanding uh, full-back. He's a, the ability to play from the front. He's the ability to play from behind. He's massive as well in regards. He's brilliant in the air. I thought Ashling O'Reilly picked out his, his catch there in the second half of the other final as a great moment. I thought it was unbelievable because you can't let Galan behind you 
99% of the time he will catch that and it's goal, but he will all have caught it and down the field. Um, the half-back line then, I thought that was probably fairly straightforward. Dearma Burns, William O'Donoghue and Kyle Hayes. Burns has gone from level to level. Like it, He's just gone up the levels every year. Like He started off as a kind of a guy that was wing-back many years ago that might score a couple of points, but now he's just an absolute... They're, you know, they're like the hit out the wall of China there. They're just the ball can't go past these guys. Um, it's unbelievable. High balls, low balls. You just you just can't get past them. And he scored eight points in All Ireland final, seven points from play or seven points from freeze. And they're all tough freeze. They're out in the wing most of them under the Hogan or the Cusick. Um, William O'Donoghue then centre back. Ah, uh, William O'Donoghue is just an outstanding season. Even if he was midfield, he would have been picked midfield. Um, I thought he was brilliant even up until the, the change over to centre back. Um, he's the kind of enforcer for them. He loves being that mean machine, I suppose. He revels in it, really. And in fairness, so he's very good at it. So just from playing myself, to have a, a player like that that is kind of unselfish and doesn't probably look for the four or five points in play, it's unbelievable confidence for a wing-back that you can go off and attack the ball, that you notice a lad there that's thinking of the team all the time and will defend for you. The other wing-back then is Kyle Hayes. You know, he's probably up for her of the year as well. Kyle Hayes, centre forward last year, wing back this year. This man is unbelievable. I mean, I always go back to that Munster final goal. He oh. scored down part of Reeve. That was just off the charts. So, Kyle Hayes, yeah, is a certainty there. Midfield, again, two more certainties are um, Darrow Donovan and David Fitzgerald. I thought David Fitzgerald had another outstanding season for Clare. His ability, and he gave Kyle Hayes enough of it any time they played him. And uh, which is a, a fair, a fair mark and a fair testament to the player. But David Fitz has definitely gone on to be one of Clare's main players, and he turns up every single day. And to be to be an All Ireland champion and to be the the Limericks of this world, you have to score a lot from play. And David Fitzgerald regularly comes up with three, four, five points. Darrell Donovan, then another probably lad that's probably up for hurl of the year. I thought he was outstanding for Limerick all year, especially when times were tough. This man is a busy body out around the middle. And um, nobody seemed to be able to get the better of, of Dara there this year. Um, then the half hour line was tough. The full far line then I thought picks itself. Aaron Galan, uh, full far Connor Whelan and the other Connor Owen Cody. Again, you know, if if each of them won the All Ireland, both each of them would be up for her of the year, I'd say. So that's why they picked themselves. Galan, just the go to man. I think the best forward in the country at the moment. I think he's, you know, even Hugh Lawler had a great battle with him the other day, but still he had a few important. Uh, Possessions and points, uh, and won a few frees. Connor Wheel, and then you know the one trick pony. I think he's two tricks now, <laughs> so he was outstanding. I think you know he he turned up every day, especially when they needed him. Connor Wheel, and, and the far far end, Owen Cody. Uh, Owen Cody, just incredible year for for such a young chap, two times young hurler of the year, always shows for the ball, and very difficult as a corner forward maybe to have so many good games, but. Owen was outstanding this year. His dummy in the All Ireland final. I hope it doesn't get lost to the annals of history because it was amazing. Yeah, um, I haven't been able to look back at the game now. I just remember it from being there, all right. But yeah, no, outstanding. Uh, Owen, there was a few little dribbles there. I'd say that was part of that one there in the first half. Yeah, incredible. Uh, right. So there's a doubt about the goalkeeper, left corner back, and the half forward line. They're the only ones who weren't certainties for you. Yeah. So on goal, it was Owen Murphy or Nicky Quaid, really. Uh, so Ivor Quilligan had a great year as well for Clare, outstanding really. But the, the two lads, it was a straight shootout, I think. And I think puck outs, both of them were brilliant this year. I think uh, saves, both of them were brilliant this year. But 
I suppose the the the, the save of the century in the All Ireland semi final was just this the the small one that really the tip the 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 vote in Owen Murphy's favour. So Owen Murphy on the goal with nothing between them. Okay. Um. Right. Yeah. Go on. Sorry. Yeah. And the, the other left corner. Yeah. Then was another shootout between two Limerick lads. I thought Barry Nash and uh, Dan Morrissey. Um. I thought Dan Morrissey was just he's always Mister. You know, fix it. He can play full back, centre back, wing back, um, just anywhere where they need him. He has always played, but full back is probably the hardest position in the in the field, and he's played there for the last couple of years. Um, but I suppose what helps is that Limerick defend as a team as opposed to individual. So he was absolutely outstanding. The other corner, so who I will pick though is Barry Nash. Right. Yeah. Bar- oh, have we lost Tommy there? The line appears to have gone. Yeah, we'll get him back. So it's uh, Barry Nash he's gone for in the end. We'll, we'll get the rationale behind that, I think. Mm. You know, uh, as a distributor of the ball, as um, as somebody who was trusted by Limerick for the short puckouts when they needed him, uh, someone who always showed for it, as as somebody who has um, transformed into a cornerback. Barry Nash having it. He's put together quite the career. Yeah, he's amazing. Uh, I think Sarah had opted for Dan Morrissey as a dark horse for player of the, for Herder of the Year. Right. Like saying he was he was definitely a late bolter with his performances towards the latter end, so that's a tough one. Like leaving Dan Marcy out is tough. Yeah, it, look, it's it's going to be uh, it's it is going to be tough. Like, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see if the All Star selectors skew more Limerick than Kilkenny mm. on the back of the final tending to count double or treble. Well, yeah, why is that like as well? Because well, it's the All final. So you you've gone for Barry Nash there, Tommy. You're back. Yeah, so Barry Nash then in the record, I just think he's after, he's just an all-star. I think he's a guy you nearly have to mark every day you go out. He's a guy that's always attacking from the cornerback. Like, it's rare that you would see that. And he has to be marked. I thought he was, in every game he turned up, he was either an eight or a nine all season. So a Barry Nash cornerback. Um, I thought in the half-back line then, I just thought, just an honourable mention, Dearman Ryan and John Conlon. I thought they were unfortunately missed out. They just missed out because the other three Limerick lads were just off the charts. So Dear Ryan had a brilliant year, so did John Condon. The half hour line then is the next one. And this was a tough, tough one now, really, to be honest. But I went for Tony Kelly wing forward, TJ Reid centre, and Tom Morrissey the other wing. Uh, Tom Morrissey gets it on the basis of, I thought when Limerick were under pressure all year, Tom Morrissey was the one man that showed up time after time after time. Remember the all Ireland Championship? Well, it starts with the league all year. Then you go into the Munster round robin. Then you have a Munster final, all Ireland semi-final final. So we can't just base it on maybe being outstanding in the final or that. So I thought Tom Morrissey just all year was just a go-to man. When everyone else was dipping in form, Tom Morrissey was there and you could depend on him and you could see the embrace maybe John Kiley had with Tom after the game. He knew how important that man was. All Ireland finals aren't just one on the day. They're one in a couple of months beforehand and Tom was crucial. Centre forward in TJ Reid. Listen, TJ at 35, 36 years of age, what he's doing is is amazing really in, in the modern game and he's not just standing up there in the full far line trying to win ball he's all over the field and his catch I thought in the All-Ireland finalist pass even into for, for the goal chance near the end just summed them up he never he stays going from the very end and we take free takers for granted um, like how many you know teams have lost games through vital frees TJ never rarely misses a free he's kind of a an 8, 9 out of 10 free taker all day long in the old days it used to be if you were a 7 uh, 7 out of 10 free taker you're a brilliant free taker 
now it's gone up. The standard has gone up, and it's mainly down to fellas like himself and Harkin. He's the all-time hurler scorer, all-time scorer, hurling scorer of the year of the century. So fair play to him. The other wing forward in is Tony Kelly. So this is between himself and Shane O'Donnell. Now listen, I, I saw Shane O'Donnell was picked on the Sunday game, and listen, this there was only you know. Such small things change it for me, but I just look back at the scoring of Tony Kelly during the year. Like he scored four points against Limerick in their round robin. He scored two four versus Cork. He scored thirteen points four from play against Watford. He scored six points against Limerick uh, in the Munster final four from play. He scored three four from play against Dublin. He scored two points one or two points against Kilkenny, but he he wasn't a, like he, he wasn't too bad against Kilkenny. Like he was on a bit of ball. He just, he just don't have to score to be. To be an outstanding, have an outstanding game, and how could you leave a, a lad off with, with that scoring? So Tony Kelly gets number ten, just slightly ahead of Shane O'Donnell. Shane O'Donnell was outstanding. And sorry, hurler of the year. Then you're who have you got? Hurler of the year is I didn't really even have to think about this. Galan, right? Uh, yeah, I know. I know Kyle Hayes was picked in some quarters there, but like Galan all season was just brilliant. You couldn't mark him. He was unmarkable going back as far as the league. And this is a guy that didn't know at the start of the league was he going to be back on the panel or not. By God, when he came back, he came back in style. Like, he plays from the front, he plays from behind. You just can't mark him, really, at the moment. I think your point about this being a, a season-long thing, like, we now fully appreciate just how difficult it was for Limerick to get out of Munster. And they won the semi-final and the final by nine points, notwithstanding the fact that the, the game was much closer in the final than the final scoreline suggests. But when... The, the the entire season was in the melting pot it was Tom Morrissey and Galan who were showing up in those games and getting them through while the rest of the team were just getting the dirty diesel out of the system so I think that's why I, I think you're right about Galan to be honest Yeah and Flanagan as well definitely deserves huge credit um, he was quite in the semi-final and final I suppose Ger. I was worried about him for the final but uh, in fairness to the young Tommy uh, Tommy Welsh here from Tullerone like he his performances probably get lost because the other two lads are so good, uh, Mikey Butler and New Lawler. Tommy, I thought, had, had, like if the other two lads weren't so good, he'd be an all star. I thought he'd an incredible season, and he was on Flanagan. Like kept him quiet for the majority of that game. Like Flanagan was brilliant in that Munster championship. Yeah, like he, he was, you know, along with Galan, they're like the the twin towers up there. OTB AM, the Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball.